Hello and welcome back to the Circling Yourself Sports Podcast. This is the 94th episode of the podcast and the 29th installment of the Seattle interview series. Today, I am joined by Kristen McNabb, uh, former Virginia Cavalier, All-ACC second team in 2016, uh, ACC Women's Soccer All-Academic team in 16, former member of the Melbourne Victory for a loan period, um, and a member of the All Reign since 2017. Uh, I was just talking with uh, Kristen about how it was cool to kind of reflect on uh, her being in person with the club since Seattle. So I don't know, that's a little cool thing, but how have things been? I know we talked about you just coming out of practice, coming off a nice win against Kansas city. How have you been this year? How have things sort of gone? I know it's probably a lot better than last year with all things considered, but how is, how has the season been so far? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a journey <laughs> we're only like a quarter of the way through the season um, because we started and then we had challenge cup games and then obviously started regular season. So um, yeah, it's definitely felt like a lifetime, but um, you know, that's good in a sense where, you know, we've ebbed and flowed as a team. And I think hopefully we can, um, you know, ride this latest win and hopefully get on the up and up because we've um, struggled the past couple weeks. So yeah, it's, it's overall been good. It's yeah. Yeah. Like to your point, you know, there have been some tough losses, you know, um, but it was, I'm sure it was nice to sort of get one back in the win column, get those three points uh, boats having a good game there, but, you know, and hopefully continue to maybe work on that, but I'm sure at the same time, with all these new players. And I will address that a little bit down the road. I'm sure at some point it's like, you've got to make sure everybody's in the right position to succeed. Right. Is that sort of thing where it's like, we've got all these talented women and that's great. But at the end of the day, everything's got to fall into place in the right way. You can't put the square block in the circle hole. That's not how it's going to work. Yeah, for sure. And like, even just kind of getting adjusted and like acquainted to all these new players and styles and, we haven't had like super consistent lineups. So kind of just, yeah, trial and error, kind of finding what works Um, and yeah, going, going with success once we find it. Um, So now I want to take us back to sort of beginnings. What ultimately got you into playing the sport of soccer? I'm sure that um, your father being an all American soccer player at Babson, and please correct me if I pronounced that wrong. Um, as well as your sister, Lindsay, playing soccer at Rutgers. I'm sure that family connection had some link there, but was there any other link that got you into the sport of soccer or was it more of just a family thing that uh, launch, launched uh, was a launch point for you, your journey in soccer there? No, it was for sure just a family thing. Um, I feel like I started touching a ball when I was like three years old because my sister's three years older. So I was always trying to play catch up and do whatever she did. Um, and yeah, my dad obviously like played the game, um, and, and loves the game. So we, I feel like we always had soccer on our house. We were always in the backyard, kicking it around. And yeah, I just really fell in love with it, um, from a young age. And then it was kind of like a family thing up until, I mean, college really, because my sister and I both played in college. So we would always go out to the field with my dad, um, which my mom hated because someone would like always come back in tears because we would get <laughs> so competitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it's, yeah, still a thing. Like I talked to my dad most about, it's, I always call him after games, always 
just like to debrief and kind of get his thoughts. So, Was there any certain point that you're able to pinpoint where, you know, you knew that you wanted to take soccer to the professional level? I know that uh, there are some things in college that will have to be addressed in relating to that. But did you ever think at a younger age or like through high school, you said, hey, I want to take this pro because in you did captain the PDA charge to two national championship games and you were ranked 34th nationally. Would you said, Hey, you know, I'm good at this. I want to take this all the way. I think when I was like really little and all like the, what do you want to be when you grow up things? Like I would always write professional soccer player. Um, and then I think in high school, um, I think the, the first league was around when I was in elementary school. Cause I do remember going to some games and then it folded. Um, so I don't think in high school, there was like a super visible women's league that I really paid attention to. It was like just the national team. So I don't know if, I don't think I really had my like sight set on that. I was kind of just like, let's go to college. And then, um, you know, the NWSL finally came back in, I think in what, 2011, 2012. Um, so I think once I was in college was when it became like a really realistic dream. Um, but yeah, from a young age, it, it definitely was a dream of mine. Is there any pressure that you might've felt, you know, being ranked nationally, uh, being 34th ranked nationally, is there anything you're like, Oh, this is, this is kind of big or is it more of, I'm just, I mean, that's cool to be recognized like that. Um, but ultimately, you know, I still got to go through college and, you know, make it to the pros. Is that, what was being ranked like, or did you not really even pay attention to that? Yeah, to be honest, I really did not pay attention to that. Cause I feel like the most pressure I ever get is just like internally. It's what I put on myself. So I think I was probably feeling pressure, but it was, you know, my own doing, um, and just trying to be like the best player I could be, um, yeah. So, and I wasn't really based off of, of the ranking or anything. Were you involved in any other sports or was it always just sort of soccer was the main focus? Was there anything else that you might've dabbled a little bit in, or was it just always soccer, you know, took, took primary uh, attention? Up until like seventh grade, I played, um, I played softball, which I like liked, but it was a little too boring for me. Um, and then like, I, well, I swam actually up until like sixth grade. Again, I wasn't like really competitive with these things though. It was mostly just to like do other things. And I like mm -hmm. had fun doing them. Um, I golfed a lot with my dad. I like played a little bit of lacrosse in the summer. Um, but then, yeah, if I wanted to like take the next step with any of those sports, it it wouldn't have really been possible to be like super competitive at both. So I think after like seventh grade, um, I really started to just focus on soccer. So then heading into college, how did you end up deciding on the university of Virginia? What factored into that? Because I mean, there was no family tie there unless I'm missing something, obviously. Um, what fell into place for you to attend U of, uh, U of V? Um, I had, visited so many schools and I just was kind of looking for the best balance between academics, soccer, um, and just like the place obviously. And funny, I had, I had a cousin who went there 
she got married there. And so I had been to the campus in like seventh grade and like didn't remember it really. Um, so then when I went back, I was like, wow, this place is amazing. But I think what really sold that school um, compared to the others was just the people. Um, the coaching staff and the girls on the team were just like so nice and so welcoming. And I had heard like great things from a coaching standpoint um, about Steve and everybody on the staff. So I thought that it would really help me elevate my game going there. But I also knew I was in like good hands because they're just genuinely good humans. Can you talk about, you know, getting through the rehab and the work of recovery from those multiple ACL tears in college? Um, Because you talked about in a great interview with uh, Sounder talked about controlling the controllables, you know, and, you know, just getting through college. Was it more of so just trying to get back to where you were or what, what helped motivate you get back? Cause obviously, you know, you want to get healthy again, but was there anything that sort of stuck in your mind or that you kept as a mindset to help get through that recovery? Um, yeah, I think after the first one, I was like a senior in high school. So I think I was a little naive to like, kind of how like major and ACL injury was. I was like, it's fine. I, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. And, um, like went into college kind of came back. And I think some of the times I was playing, like some of my best soccer, I felt like was like right when I was cleared to play. Cause I kind of just had this like carefree mentality of like, like, I'm just so lucky to get to be on the field. Like, this is so fun. Um, I think my second one was probably like a little bit more dramatic. Um, just being in that, like I was back for less than a year and then last game of the regular season versus our rival Virginia tech, um, it happened. So it was, you know, it was pretty horrible, but I remember having this conversation with my mom and I was like, like, I'm, (laughs) I'm kind of like a glass half empty kind of girl. Like I'm really not like a super positive rah rah person, but I just remember being like this, I'm not letting this like ruin my college career or my experience. Like that's, it's just not going to happen. So I actually do think I had to like put my positive pants on and just really kind of power through, smile through it. Um, and yeah, it ended up working out. So it kind of is interesting to see how that goes, you know, cause I mean, going through multiple and let alone one, you know, obviously it's difficult, but to, to see it's like, all right, you know, this is not how it's going to end. You know, I'm sure yeah. that's kind of has to be how it is. Uh, depending on how certain people get through recovery. But um, I think that's always important to know in a lot of things is controlling the controllable and just doing what you can do. Cause sometimes it's just out of your hands, you know, not all injuries just, yeah, it's, it's tough with a lot of people just seeing different injuries throughout the sports world. So controlling the controllable is always going to be something that I think is a good, a good saying to have and to keep in your mind, especially when you deal with multiple um, like you have there, obviously yeah. I'm sure you don't want to have this, have that be the answer to this next question, but what do you remember most from your time uh, with the Cavaliers? I just remember like having such like tight bonds with my teammates and my coaches. And like, you know, when you play in these big games, like, we just had so much pride and we just loved the program and everything. And like, we just wanted to win 
like for the school and for each other. Like it was just, there was just so much like love. It was, it was awesome. Um, so that's, that probably stands out. It's always sort of cool to see, obviously, you know, making tournaments is great and all that, but when it's, when, the, you know, you make the right decision or like, you know, the right decision. Cause I know some people they transfer out just wasn't, didn't end up being what they wanted to do uh, at the school that they wanted. Uh, it's always cool to say, Hey, you know, I hit it on the nail. I found the place I wanted to be and it worked out. Um, Cause I know obviously for everybody, that's not the case. And to be able to get through those things that you had to deal with, with the injury and, you know, like you were saying, get back out there and play carefree and, do stuff like that. It's, it's, it's cool to see that because I know for some people, uh, sometimes it's like, Hey man, how do I really come back from that sort of injury? Um, guy, like if I shift over to the Mariners, Kyle Lewis, I think he blew out a couple things in his knee and he's been able to come back from that. I know he's dealing with an injury now, but, um, sometimes these stories of recovery are really great. I know, you know, when it's somebody that's not you, it might seem cooler. Cause I know you've been through that and it's probably like, Oh, that sucked. I really don't want to look back at that. Um, but it is cool to hear how that recovery went there. Um, and then shifting next, how was your draft experience and how did that sort of thing go? You know, what was the waiting like and how did you finally feel when you were notified that you were drafted? Uh, I believe it was 37th overall. How was your draft experience as a whole? Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting because my, career obviously I had you know a decent amount of injuries and then I was good for a couple of years and then my my fifth year came and I was um just plagued with some muscle injuries so that year was kind of a weird year for me um and then going into the draft I knew you know that was something that wasn't um you know super people weren't super excited about so um I think my my expectations were pretty realistic um especially t- talking to my coach Steve Swanson he was kind of like, you know, being drafted is nice, but it's not the only way. So I think I was kind of prepared for, to not hear my name. And I knew I could probably get my foot in the door anywhere. Um, you know, just with the context Steve had, and I was like, all I need is a tryout. So I wasn't, um, I didn't have my expectations set really high. So when I did hear my name, I, I was super excited, but I was also pretty realistic in the fact that I was like, you know, making a team is really hard. Like, I know this is nice, but it really means nothing. Like I still have to go to preseason and earn a contract. So um, I think I was like super pumped for a night. And then I was like, all right, (laughs) time to like get fit, get ready for preseason. Quick turnaround. Um, Yeah. Like you were saying, all right, that's great. And now it's to work. So with that being said, what were some of the first impressions you had of both the club and the area? Because obviously being on the West coast and then coming over here, I'm sure there was a little bit maybe of an adjustment period. Um, what were your first impressions of both the club and the, uh, the city when you got here? Um, the city I loved right away. Um, I had been to Seattle once for like a tournament Um and I, I just remember like loving everything about it. It was so beautiful. Um, but I, obviously this was preseason. So it was February, I want to say. So it was like super rainy and gray and kind of depressing. <laughs> um, so I do remember that, that like 
was one of the darkest winters I think like on in history so that was oh. <laughs> yeah I, that was literally when I arrived so I didn't see the sun for like three months um and then the club I I really did not know much about I just know they had a lot of success um in the earlier years um so I knew I was kind of joining like a really established kind of like older group so um yeah, it was, it was intimidating just like walking into a team where there had been like a lot of longstanding players, um, that had been with the club for a while. So yeah, it was an intimidating environment, but, um, yeah, it was, it was fun though. <laughs> it was a challenge. What sort of relationships do you have with some of those founding members of the club? You know, whether it be Megan or Jess or Lauren, I believe Steph is in there as well. Steph Cox, um, I mean, is I know you've been with the club now for five years. Is there any sort of bond that's there because of the longevity of the club? Because I know in that interview with Sounder and Hart, you talk about how much turnaround there is each and every year. And that's evident with Jasmine Spencer heading to Houston and Ellie Long now with Gotham. Uh, is there any sort of bond, you know, when you're able to have those teammates for as long as you have had? Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, I feel like the the founding members have like a, a really tight bond because <laughs> I think they went through a lot more stuff before I was even in the picture. Um, but yeah, I mean, just knowing them for the past five years, playing with them, I feel like I've just gotten to know them on and off the field. Um, and it's just been, yeah, it's been really fun to kind of hang out and and not only learn from them on the field, but then, you know, hanging out off the field and like not talk anything about soccer. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Do you remember what your thoughts were when OL came into the picture for this club? Cause obviously it was Seattle rain and then it was rain FC. Now it's OL rain. Do you remember thinking about that? Um, you know, what it was like to be part of a group like that, where it's, you know, OL rain and um, OL as a whole, what were your thoughts uh, when they came into the picture for this club? It was, um, it was really surprising. I do remember like getting that phone call and they were like, oh yeah, um, OL bought, bought us out. <laughs> and I was like, oh wow. Um, but I mean, I, I thought it was going to be like awesome. Obviously I know the history of OL over in France. So um, I thought, you know, them bringing their expertise to America could be awesome. And um, you know, bringing maybe some of their style of play, some players, obviously that we've had, um, it was an exciting partnership and I think it's, it's proven to be that. So with that being said, do you have any thoughts on your Jersey changes throughout the year? Because it's always cool to sort of look back on those logos. Um, but now I, I do have to admit, I am a fan of the newer kids. Um, I don't think I haven't been, a fan. I know, I remember the, I think they were like neon green. I oh, think yeah. at one point that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you, do you ever reflect on sort of Jersey changes? Cause I know for some players, you know, across any sport, it's like, Oh, that's just a cosmetic. It doesn't really matter. And then there are some people who, you know, it does matter to a, a little bit more. Um, do you ever look at that? Because obviously this year it's a different, uh, a different kit as opposed to, you know, previously, but. Do you ever pay attention to things like jerseys or is it all just, Hey, this is what I wear when I'm playing. I don't really <laughs> care about it. Um, I mean, I was, I was pretty pumped when they got rid of the neon yellow ones. Those were not my favorite. 
<laughs> I think my favorite ones are probably like 2019. We had like a navy blue and kind of like white stripe oh. one. Yeah, those were pretty sick. Um, and then I think this year's home ones are cool because they have all the season ticket holders names like really faintly um you can read but um yeah the logos are hard I really loved our original logo it was like really cool um I mean the new one's cool too but then someone told me it looks like a lion eating a potato chip and now I just cannot unsee it (laughs) oh I right? see that now. Yeah. I'm like looking at my shirt. I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, that definitely looks like a potato chip. Yeah, it looks like a pretzel. Uh, great. Now I won't be able to look at the logo the same. All right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is interesting looking back at this club and just looking at the different kits and, you know, no no shame on anybody who made that uh, highlighter kit, but yeah, <laughs> that one, that one might be an outlier. Yeah. Um, to get back on track, of course. Um. Are you able to sort of take time, a little bit of time and reflect on your time with this club and just the changes you've seen? Because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, like you're saying, there is change every year and there's so much turnover just throughout the league as a whole, not even just on one club. So I know you spoke a little bit about uh, with Sandra at heart, but I mean, coming in year in and year out, is there anything that you think about? you know, when you see that sort of turnover, because I'm sure, you know, for some of these women, it is hard because uh, I'm sure you want some stability, you want to stay with the club. And then for others, it's like, hey, this is a new beginning for me. This is a new chance. So are you able to speak a little bit on that as well as just your time in the Pacific Northwest? Because obviously it's moved from Seattle to Tacoma, yeah. not the same site. Um, can you just speak on your time with the club and the changes that you have seen over time? Yeah, I think there's always a bit of like an adjustment period, especially in preseason. Um, you know, we always bring in like a ton of players to try out or just to train. So there's like, you know, a football size roster on the first day of preseason. Um, so I think at first, you know, it's always like a little hard, a little adjustment. But then as the weeks go on, everyone gets more comfortable. Um, I mean, especially this year, there were so many new faces in preseason. Um, and now like, you know, five months in, I think we have like one of the tightest teams we've ever had. Um, so yeah, like it's just a lot of getting to know people, um, getting comfortable on and off the field. And then I think even we play all these other teams week in and week out. And I always see familiar faces, um, from old rain teams. So I, I do think that's, you know, it's pretty fun seeing people like move on, but still kind of, you know, we'll talk about years back when we all played for in Seattle and, um, yeah, just to reflect, it's been, it's been a journey for sure, but, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, I don't entirely remember her tenure here, but JC Johnson with Kansas city now, uh, spent time here. So I I thought that was pretty cool when she got subbed on, I was, I was making sure she didn't score though. I was like, I don't (laughs) need to have us have a goal loud, but it was definitely cool to see that. Cause like you're saying, I'm sure it's like every kind of week um like the other week with Gotham seeing yeah. Ali Long back and, and Houston um, there was Houston Jasmine, and and I was like, so many of them <laughs> I saw I saw Spencer with the ball I was like please don't score please I don't know. score <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean to your point I'm sure it is nice seeing these players back and you know hopefully it's I'm sure it's tough to lose those guys but at the end of the day I'm sure it's good to see them you know with different clubs and hopefully uh succeeding there 
Um, just maybe not against us. Um, <laughs> shoot. Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot. Um, what were your thoughts on coach Ben time with the rain? Cause obviously resigned uh, Sam has taken over interim head coaching position. Um, do you have any just thoughts and reflection on his time with the rain? Cause obviously 2020 was hectic. I'm sure for everybody. Um, and then even this year with trying to get everybody put in the right spot. And like you were saying, not necessarily, uh, having some lineup continuity, can you just, uh, reflect on his time as coach? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously felt bad for him coming in to the NWSL and then of course the pandemic hits and <laughs> things were a mess. Um, so yeah, he was really just kind of thrown like head first into the challenge cup, which, you know, this league is like no other in the world. Like any team can be any team on any given day. And that's obviously not the case in France and other places he's coached. So I think it was definitely an adjustment period. Um, and, you know, I think we started to find our legs a little bit, but um, yeah, we just never kind of gained that continuity that we were looking for, like in lineups or in our play or anything. Um, but he yeah, he was a really awesome guy. Like I, I actually really enjoyed our conversations off the field. And I think he had good intentions with, uh, um, you know, with his coaching and what he wanted to do. Um, I just don't think the team was really able to kind of gather what he was saying and really like execute it to the, to the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if that was, you can attribute that to a language barrier or, or what it was, but I don't think we were really ever, able to be on the same page with Freed. Um, so yeah, ultimately I think it was, it was probably time to, uh, to move in a new direction, but, um, yeah, I really appreciated him at his, during his time here. What have you seen differently, uh, with Sam Lady at the helm, you know, at interim coach head coach currently, and what is, has there been any sort of focus change with whether it's, you know, how to attack or play style. What have you seen um, in the tenure there as head coach, as interim head coach? Yeah, I think Sam just being with this team and in this league for, you know, since the beginning has been super beneficial to us because he, he knows kind of what it takes week in and week out to prepare and um, how to get the team ready for games. Um, One main thing I've noticed, he's just super detail oriented um, we're in with Reed. I think it was more of like an overall general theme per game. And now we kind of really break it down, like to a granular level of like, we want to get this, this, and this done. And these are our focuses and this is how we're going to do it. Um, so I think with Sam, that has been really helpful in preparation. Like, I think the team just kind of feels, um, like ready to play every week now because, um, like we have a plan and we know how we're going to execute it. And hopefully, you know, that going forward is something that, you know, you can build on, like we said earlier. Um, but I'm sure it's interesting, at least through, so through your eyes, you know, this week it wasn't, on the injury report, it wasn't as many people, you know, questionable or injured. I know that Allie and Rosie White were out because um, I don't want to just say that nobody was on the injury report. But at least if you look at international duty, Quinn and Nicole and all the best of luck to everybody in international duty and Angelina and Megan and Rose. I'm pretty sure that's everybody. Um, having all those players out. Is it 
weird at all or is it more like okay can't really focus on that whatever lineup we've got we've got to just go forward with and play Kansas City um as well as last week is it is there any sort of mindset you know when you're around this time uh when players are out with their uh, international teams or is it just still hey you know they're out next pushing up yeah I think it's kind of just been like business as usual because we have such a deep team like looking at our roster and going to practice like we are so talented from like number one to number whatever we are 27 um 30 I don't even know we have a lot of players but um yeah I think like anyone can start on any given day and so you know people being on international duty um, I don't really think we skip a beat in terms of throwing people in the lineup and them kind of maintaining the level that, you know, we know that we want to keep. Is it still weird for you to be called a veteran? Is that something that you've adjusted <laughs> to yet? Or is it still like, this is, this is odd for me because again, to go back to that interview, um, I know it was like you, when you first got called the V word, it was something that was odd is that changed at all are you more accustomed to it or is it still like this is odd for me I feel like I've gotten more accustomed to it as the season's gone on we just have like so many young players <laughs> like I feel like there's like 10 like 22 23 year olds so um I definitely feel like older than them so um yeah I think I've gotten used to to the word veteran it was definitely I was a little shell-shocked at first but <laughs> Um, and then you did speak on, you know, have being able to be that comforting presence when a new player comes in. Um, and you mentioned, uh, how that was at Virginia, how it was just a, you know, a comforting locker room as well as to tie the two. You talked about how close of a group that was as well as this group currently, uh, with OL being a, a, a close group. Um, I mean, what sort of things are you able to do with these newer players, for example, when you bring players like, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. With, you know, Rose Lavelle in, you know, you have to bring in the players from France and Marazan, Booty and Les Omer. What are you able to do? Or is it more with, with some of the other players that I just mentioned, are they professionals and it's not necessarily trying to get them comfortable. It's just trying to welcome them into this newer group. Yeah, I think, um, you know, all of the players you just named are, are super like established, um, successful professionals. So I think, um, they'd probably be fine regardless, but I think walking into a locker room, that's not a super like welcoming environment just isn't, isn't great for anybody. And I think, um, you know, wanting to get the best from people, um, I think having like a tight group and a welcoming locker room and environment can only help with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone has really, like, embraced them coming. I don't think, like I said before, like, I really don't think we've skipped a beat with all the changes. Um, and I think it's it's probably helped them on the field and, you know, ultimately the entire team. It's always really cool whether whoever it is putting it on social media, seeing, you know, what you guys are up to, whether I think it was um, – what was it? Oh, I should think it was uh, training with the OL Academy the other day with you guys, I could be completely wrong. Um, or <laughs> Eugenie <laughs> traveling around Seattle, uh, whether it was the Mariners game a couple weeks ago or a Sounders game, it's, it's always really cool seeing what you guys are up to. And it's usually always 
with the team. So seeing that tight knit bond is always really cool. Um, and I'm sure it helps on the field. You know, that chemistry is something that doesn't just, you know, you can't just insert somebody and expect them to be comfortable with their teammates, you know, having that trust. So um, I'm sure that is going to be something that's beneficial. I do want to take a step away and move to Melbourne. Uh, what was your time like there? Cause that's a whole different place, whole different continent. <laughs> How do you reflect on that time uh, with the victory? Yeah. Um, I'm super thankful for the time that I spent there. I think it was, I went in kind of, with the expectation of like, it'd be great to play um, in the off season and it, it would be better to play in Australia in the off season, like in a beautiful place on the beach. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I kind of think I got everything I wanted to get out of it. Um, soccer and like travel wise. Um, again, I went in with realistic expectations and that like, I didn't think I was going to go and really like, elevate my game to the next level just given you know the team and the uh the league and everything but I do think it was nice to get touches day in and day out um and just kind of stay stay fit um it is challenging though especially someone who with the history of injuries it was hard for me to to go a full year with really no break because I think I went home from Australia that year and had like a week and a half before I had to leave. And then kind of that next season with Seattle, I, I had a lot of injury issues that year. So, Mm. you know, I don't know if I fully like attribute it to that, but um, it was overall like a great experience. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I know that there are some players who both in, for example, the NWSL and the WNBA who will, you know, on the off season, they'll go, um, play overseas but I mean to your point that might not be something that is necessarily beneficial all the way around both injuries and just not necessarily getting a good solid break Um, but I mean I'm sure it's also cool like you said to go over and play in Australia I'm sure that's a whole different experience Um, so it it was interesting to see that you know and looking at your career and then saying oh there's Melbourne (laughs) Um, and just sort of being able to reflect on that. Um, But to come back, have you had any sort of fun or cool experiences with any of the newer players this season? I know having, you know, these players who have been done great things in France come over, I'm sure that's something that's like, they can only help this club as well as players like Rose Lavelle and um, Jimena Lopez, I believe still has to join the club. I know she's, I think with international duty, um, but just in general, what have, have you had any cooler experiences with some of these newer players or is it just everybody still trying to do their own thing and get acquainted on their own, on their own terms? Um, yeah, I've, I'm still kind of getting to know a lot of them and I don't think we've had like a ton of time to really like do super fun things off the field. We've just been like really busy with travel and stuff, but, um, yeah, I feel like every day, like, you know, I chat with, with them and get to know them better like on and off the field um like Maro and Buhati have like their two little dogs um I was like you know your guys' dogs need to be my dogs <laughs> so, so that is gonna be in the book soon um <laughs> Rose I feel like was here for like a, a hot second so um yeah still kind of trying to to get to know all of them a little bit more 
It's funny you mention the dog aspect because I'm pretty sure you have a dog named Renly, if I'm correct. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you mentioned those two, but also Rose, I believe Rose is a big dog person. So there's a big dog connection right there. Yeah. Um, or she met Ren. Um, and Ren was like all over her and I was like apologizing that he was so misbehaved and she was like no it's totally fine and I was like okay cool we're gonna be friends uh, so it is cool to see that because obviously you know when there are people in the stands you know we see that sort of chemistry but it's always cool again to touch back and see what the club is doing on and off the field um, to say on the field though who would you say is your most vocal teammate and is it or is it not just Fishlock? it's uh 1000% Jess Fishlock she is definitely the most local vocal vocal presence we have on the field by far um but like super helpful definitely always hear her voice if it's you know if we're playing well or bad you just you hear it all the same (laughs) she's always there it's it's cool to look at that and then think back to the press conference where you talked about how she was thanking you and not putting you in the uh she was thanking you for giving her pointers not her giving pointers that was that was I was like huh you know um and then this is always a question I ask with rain players are do you have a pick for funniest teammate I know that's difficult for people to come with uh similar to the DJ question I've asked a DJ question a couple times and I get different picks um do you have a pick for who you would say is the funniest teammate or is that a little bit of a difficult question to ask I would say it's probably Ella this year. Um, she's just like so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> the funniest, like randomest stuff comes out of her mouth. And we're all like, what Ella? But it's like hilarious. She's she's something else. Now I want to take it off the field because I'm sure, like we mentioned earlier, you had training today and at the end of the day, you know, professional soccer is what you do so I'm sure it's like hey soccer it's great and all but sometimes I want to break um looking at off the field stuff do you have any thoughts on the ways that the NWSL and the WNBA have led the way for different issues such as social justice because I mean when we look at it in terms of COVID NWSL was like I'm pretty sure the first league to go and play you know under the circumstances of what was going on and Mm -hmm. didn't have to stop play after that took place WNBA did a great job. Um, both both leagues did a great job of addressing what was happening over the summer of that time, both with what was happening with you know George Floyd and with the movement. Um, do you have any thoughts on the way that those leagues really lead things? Because at least how I've seen it, especially over the last year, both of those leagues have taken charge and they kind of step, they take the first step in things. Um, do you have any thoughts on the way that those leagues have done that or just how they kind of lead the way? Yeah, I think the WNBA is really like at the forefront of, of everything. I think, you know, they really set the tone and, um, and it's, it's really cool to see like the players kind of taking matters into their own hands and really, um, you know, elevating their voices and, and getting into all these causes. And I think, the NWSL, um, you know, I think we've tried and I think we've done a decent job. Um, I know sometimes the players kind of face roadblocks um, within the league, but I think kind of coming up with compromising and 
compromises and seeing what we've been able to accomplish has been pretty cool. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's fun to see us really passionate about these things and try and, and do as much as we can. But, um, I think we're always, you know, striving to do more. So hopefully in the future we can kind of keep going. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point to make is that I don't think there ever really is a time when you work with issues like that, where you can just say, okay, it's done, put it to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a good talk last night uh, when we did the weekly show for the podcast here. Uh, the MLB announced that they're going to donate $150 million to the Players Alliance um, in order, in hopes of uh, working on better, having better representation of the black community in baseball, just because so for years that's gone down in terms if we look at numbers there have been less and less black players represented um and my friend Omari made a great point that a lot of these for base baseball is a very expensive sport to play because with soccer you made a great point soccer for the most part you just kind of need the ball and some sort of uh object to kick it at in terms of the goal you know um baseball you've got to have a bat you got to have a glove you got to probably have a couple balls um so I think I think you make a great point when you say there's no real time where you can just stop with these issues. You've got to keep finding ways to both listen and learn and just see how you can contribute. So like you were saying, WNBA has done a great job of just being up in front of things. It's been amazing to see them take charge. Um, but again, like you said, I'm sure there's never really a stopping point, which sucks because obviously you'd like to say there's nothing that we have to work on anymore, but that's not the case. Um, and it's exciting to see with this club, at least, you know, with having the sponsor that is there on the front of the Jersey, um, stuff like that, as well as honoring, you know, different spots in Tacoma. Um, I, I am proud to, you know, come to these games and support the rain because I know what the rain does, um, on that side of it. Um, sticking with the Pacific Northwest, can you sort of look back at your time up here? Because you come from the East coast again, we come from the East coast and now you've spent, what the better of five years here mm-hmm. how has that changed um over time because obviously i mean in that span seattle itself has grown it was the fastest growing city last year even despite the pandemic and even tacoma tacoma continues to grow as a result of that um can you sort of just look back on your time in the pacific northwest as a whole yeah i like love it here i can definitely see myself like living here long term um like i just especially being here for five years, like I just feel such a connection to, um, to the cities and the fans and, and everything. I just, I love, um, I love the outdoors. So it's like a perfect place for me because I'm always doing something or like in the wilderness somewhere on the water. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely like such a beautiful place, um, to do all of that. And then I think just kind of like the connections I made with, with the people I've met have been, it's been really cool. Um, you know, I lived with a family my first two years and I'm still super tight with them and I train one of their boys still, and I, I hang out with them a lot. So, um, yeah, Seattle and Tacoma too, they both hold like a special place in my heart. It'll be really cool, um, to see the double header in August and just hopefully see a really great turnout for that. And that'll be really exciting. Um, because I know that OL and both Tacoma and I think the Sounders are involved as well in the um, the new facility where 
the site's going to be. I think there's talks about that. And I think those just talk, came back up a month ago or so. Um, but it'll be really exciting to see the double header and hopefully get a lot of great representation out there as well as whenever that site is decided and getting you guys a facility, because I know I'm sure that Shaney stadium has been a solid home for a little bit, but even looking at Kansas city's the game last week, no, not even last week, two days ago, goodness. Um, <laughs> some of those corner kicks don't look fun. They don't look fun. Um, yeah. cause you're right yeah. against the outfield wall. Yeah, you have like one step to hit it in. <laughs> and then that, that really isn't enough. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're ready for a full-size pitch for sure. Yeah, and it'll be really exciting to see when that takes place and where it takes place because I know that OL in talking about it has just said Seattle as a whole, and that ranges from Seattle to Tacoma, and there's a lot of space there. <laughs> so it'll be exciting to see when that takes place. But lastly... Um, can you talk a little bit about water for her and how you got involved with that? Yeah. Um, got involved through one of my old teammates, actually, Betsy Brandon, um, kind of put me in touch. She had gotten involved through a friend. Um, but the ultimate founder was Chris Long, who played football at UVA and, you know, was super successful in the NFL. Um, and yeah, I'm, always looking for for ways to get involved in and in new kind of projects to take on um and just hearing about it i thought it was a really cool like amazing cause um i've had a lot of fun with it so far so it's always really cool to see what different both causes and projects the players are working on and when i saw that i thought that was really cool and i wanted to highlight that so um i want to thank you for again taking time in your day i'm sure you're probably a little tired after you know playing a game the other day and then having practice um so is there anything that ultimately you want to leave i know that we mentioned water for her is there anything else any other projects that kristen mcnab is working on or is there anything that you want to leave with um no nothing else that i've really been working on i think danny weatherholt has done a really good job within the club she's kind of been um organizing ways we can get more involved in the community. Um, and we had just put on a camp, I think, with um, the Boys and Girls Club of Tacoma yesterday. That's what it was. About? Yeah. No. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's what it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was super awesome uh, to, you know, get to know some of the kids in our community. And, you know, some of them didn't even know who we are. And then at the end of it, they were like, we're going to come to every game. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was just super cool. That's always the hope, you know, at least for me with these interviews is trying to, um, you know, try to get the stories out there because I'm not the one telling the story. It's you that I have to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like a messenger here in a way, you know, um, and just, it's always interesting to me because whenever I get a chance to wear my rain stuff outside and when I go to work, I try to just because, you know, I'm hoping that people go, Oh, you know, what is that? Um, Cause yeah. I know that we get some pretty solid crowds in Tacoma and I know Tacoma loves you guys. Um, but I think just trying to raise that awareness is good all the time because I do, have, I have a friend who said she loves soccer and I go, Oh, you should watch, you should watch the rain, you know? And they go, Oh, uh, what are they? I go, Oh, there are uh, NWSL team. And I go, Oh, you don't know what the NWSL is. So just trying to do our best. Cause I know still it's like ESPN doesn't even, really talk about you guys which is again 
with some of the performances, not even just with the rain, outside of the rain and just in the league, you know, I believe they're remiss for doing that, for just not speaking about it. Um, yeah. So just Thank trying you. to yeah. tell these stories and get it out there. And someone says, oh, I want to learn more about insert, you know, one of you guys that I've talked to, I'm hoping that's what it is. You know, I'm hoping that I am able to do a decent job of telling that story. I feel like I talk too much today. I don't want to talk. I want you to do more of the talking. I don't want to be saying too much, but regardless, I appreciate having you on and um, excited to see what comes because like you were saying, it's interesting to hear that standpoint about having a more specific game plan going into weeks um, and then coming off this win, going into Chicago on the 18th, I believe it is. Um, and hopefully just to, to keep things rolling. Um, so again, I appreciate it. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, continue to see the season because I know we've got multiple months to go. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Baba Bowie.